Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to Let Freedom Reign podcast. Before we get started, I just want to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Buckaroo Media, a digital marketing company that focuses on social media that cultivates relationships between brands and their customers. Buckaroo Media prides themselves on building genuine and authentic connections. Digital marketing doesn't have to be overwhelming or overly time-consuming. With Buckaroo Media on your team, you're free to focus on the areas of your business which you're most passionate about, and let Buckaroo Media handle the rest. Check them out on Instagram at buckaroo.media or Facebook at Buckaroo Media. For more information about Buckaroo Media and how they can grow your Western brand, visit buckaroomedia.com. B-U-C-K-A-R-O-O-M-E-D-I-A.com. Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week, we are going to focus on our life enrichment series titled A Little More Rain. Our guest this week is Tristan Baroni, who was previously featured on Let Freedom Reign podcast in episode 35. Now, all of our guests featured in this series will be Let Freedom Reign podcast alumni who dive into life enrichment topics in greater detail. We are going to try to keep these episodes at about 30 minutes and spend a lot of time talking about horsemanship, the horse business, faith, and other skills that can help develop you personally that have proven success not only to me, but many of our guests alike. In this episode, Tristan and I will break down emotional awareness and control and how you can develop that awareness and develop that control in a pursuit to further your horsemanship. Developing a greater level of emotional awareness for me personally was a huge turning point in my horsemanship career. I found once I started to place the emphasis on myself and improving my control of my emotions when working with the horse, the horse would improve tenfold stride for stride. Now, if after listening to this episode, you want to follow more of what Tristan has to offer, you can find him on social media under Tristan J. Baroni and keep an eye out for his YouTube page titled Baroni's Ponies. And Tristan's Instagram handle is spelled T-R-I-S-T-E-N-J-B-A-R-O-N-I. As always, should you find this content valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. I hate to keep you guys waiting any longer. Here is the first of our Life Enrichment Series in 2020 with Tristan Baroni. Tristan Baroni, man, welcome back to the show. Nice to talk to you again. Heck yeah. I've been, look, I've been looking forward to this. I was going to say, it's been a long time coming. We've had many conversations since your original uh, episode there at Let Freedom Rain Podcast. You are now invited back for this A Little More Rain series where we're going to dive right in to emotional control and awareness and how that relates to life and horsemanship. But I thank you very much for the return trip. And, and as always, man, I'm a huge fan of your YouTube channel and, and all the content you're putting out on social media when it comes to working with horses. Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate it, and I guess we'll get all the lovey-dovey stuff out of the way in the, in the beginning um, for those of the guys that will be making fun of us right about now. But I just uh, – I think I said this last time. I really appreciate you seeking people out to spread this information. Yeah. You know, you, you, sometimes people want to lock in on one thing, but you talk to everybody. Yeah. And it, I think – that puts the information out there to where people can see what they're actually interested in, what works for them. And 
start to learn a little bit from everybody. Um, and I really appreciate that you provide that because yeah. there's really not, not many places to do that. Well, it's, it's interesting because I had an individual reach out via social media not too long ago and kind of asked, you know, what, what is your focus? What is your target audience? And at first this show had kind of a relatively focused uh, approach, right? I wanted to realistically, I think the horse can do some amazing things in the law enforcement military world and helping those folks deal with, with all the stresses of their professions. Mm-hmm. But then, that's going to tie directly to what we talk about. I was going to say, uh, yeah, to the 10th degree. Um, but then once as, as the show started to grow, it's like, hold on, well, we can take little bits of information from here or from over there or from this experience. And then we have international guests, right? Where we're talking to folks who have never even dealt with, with other facets of the Western industry that might be more prevalent in the Western United States or wherever. And, and the show with the show, I just want to try to invoke thought, right? I want, people to challenge themselves to get better because when it comes down to it we've all fallen on our face and if you say you haven't you're a liar but if somebody's perspective can help another individual grow then then i think we owe it to the rest of the horse community to 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 publish that content a hundred percent i i couldn't agree more because uh, gosh sometimes you'll get to doubt in yourself and things like that and if you can just get a little bit of information or maybe you're in that part of your life where you, you got to put in the suffering and you're there yeah. and you're worried that you're not going to make it, but you can hear from a professional or somebody who has made it through the industry, talk about the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it started with this struggle and came through that. And I think that, that little bit might be the catalyst to help those people persevere. And I'll and tell you this, this why I enjoy it. No, you hit the nail on the head in this episode. Couldn't come at a better time with uh, the show, Let Freedom Rain podcast, focusing more on this life enrichment series titled A Little More Rain, and, and you wanting to discuss emotional control and awareness. I mean, this is, in my opinion, right, this is ground zero. This is the first stride in really starting to develop horsemanship. So I'm going to open up the floor right now and see where this conversation goes and, and what perspectives you want to sell on, on emotional control and awareness in your experience. Perfect. You know, I was going to tell the people, because you and I talked about this a little bit, and my first thing was I was going to talk about leadership, yeah. because the more I spend time around horses, I realize that's all all it is, is you're, you're, you got to be worth working for. Like, you got to be able to lead your horse and set it up to where he wants to work for you. But then I got to thinking about, like, what could I help people with um, more so? And that's where we got to the emotional control and awareness because like we spoke a little bit earlier and like Jocko Willink and those guys, they have some great books on extreme ownership and things like that where they talk about leadership and they have lots and lots of years of experience and things. So I think it takes emotional control to make a really good leader. You have to to, because the people aren't going to believe in you if you can't keep it square between the ears. No, they're, they're looking to you to be a, a rock. Mm-hmm. And the, the real reason I picked emotional control while I was thinking about talking with you is because when I look at people I help with horses and I look at people that are struggling and don't want help with horses, the common link, the biggest issue that's getting in the way isn't the maneuver or this or that. It's the emotional control of the human. Yeah. And the reason emotional control is so dialed up with your horse it's because they're a prey animal. They still worry about dying. They're extremely sensitive in comparison to us when it comes to those feelings. The horse senses emotion 
but he doesn't understand it. If you think of the emotion, it's energy coming into this equation, and the horse feels it, but it he doesn't understand exactly where it's coming from. Say you're in an awful mood or you're too focused and you got a bunch of stuff going on in your life that's dragging you away from it. That horse is going to feel that. And if it's a super gentle horse, well, it might help you actually get it moving better. Yeah. But if it's anything but that super gentle horse, that energy is going to start showing up in ways that you don't like. And then pretty quick, you might, if you're in that kind of mindset, you're probably pretty quick to make excuses on the horse's behalf when really it's, it's you and where you're coming from mentally. And that's true. I think, I think the horse reads it on a, it's almost on a a two phase system, right? It's either I can live with this emotion that I'm feeling now, or I can't live with this emotion that I'm feeling right now. Right. And that's where you get the fight, flight or freeze coming from. Yeah. And that depends on the individual. Yeah. Yeah. It's like any of us, right? We all have our different tolerances. Some of us can handle the yelling and the screaming and the chaos of life and other people shudder and end up in the fetal position in it, you know, and part of being a good yep. leader is, is your ability to read your clientele or your pupils because to each their own, you know, the approach that I take for you or with you, for example, might not work for the very next person in line or what works for you today, but might not work for you tomorrow. So yeah. me as a leader, right, I have to demonstrate that emotional control and understanding the feedback. And I have to be aware of where I am at emotionally before I even try to sell anything with conviction. Yes, exactly. Because if if you're not, people pick up on it. And um, that's the thing. And for me, the biggest thing to talk about is that emotional control doesn't happen when you're with your horse. Because he's that horse is that's any horse, even a gentleman is at such a higher level of awareness when it comes to that than we are. So it starts at home or in the gym or whatever you do to get your mind right. Like, um, for example, I'll talk a little bit about me. I won't go into specific details, but here in the past couple of weeks, um, I think we talked about it on the last po- podcast, but my family has had trouble with addiction and poverty and abuse and all that stuff. Um, I had a family member pass away here at the beginning of the year. And uh, another family member uh, hurt some other family members and stole a bunch. And I had all that on my plate along with some other things. And Mm -hmm. I still rode horses and I had some buddies over and I actually rode the best I've ever ridden. And it's not because I didn't have a lot of stuff going on. I did. I was emotional, but I have tools to mitigate it that I practice every day. Exactly. I, I have a routine. I have exercise. I work on my discipline. I sit like here lately. It's been pretty darn cold outside, but I still do a 10 minute cold bath every single night. And right now it's, it's cold. It's down there by zero. (laughs) And I never want to get in that. Yes. I never want to get in that. But when I, when I think I don't want to get in and I say, well, Tristan, this is only improving your life. Okay. Why don't you want to get in it? Because you're emotional about the situation. You're not mm-hmm. accepting it. You're mm-hmm. thinking about how cold it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So then I, my, I get my head right and I just go, Oh, there's no option. I have to do this because this makes me a better person and I can help the people that I care about. Yeah. So I do it. And then I go to work and I have all this junk and I'm able to detach from it because I did the work for me. And I'm not saying you got to do the same things I do. But you got to find the things in your life 
that you like or you can use as roots that when all this stuff comes flying, it helps you keep your shield up. Because if you think that you can just go in there and not do any homework or any preparation and handle a bunch of exogenous stress, there's no man or woman that can do that. You, they all have things that prepare them. You, you can't think that way because you're, you're behind the curve if you do. And the preparation is the key, I think, in this scenario, right? If you're going to go out and win a baseball game or a football game, you don't go out and practice the sport at game speed, right? You break yeah. the game down into small, manageable tasks and take on one after the other. And here's where I challenge people in the awareness side of things. Like, I never even sought out awareness or emotional control with the horse at all, right? I was just faced with way too many challenges in life. I was completely overwhelmed. And I was out with my horse one day because I had to get out and I had to work him. And it was a chore, right? I thought about it as I had to rather than I get mm -hmm. to. I turned the horse out. I'm standing in the pen. The horse wants nothing to do with me, right? Running yep. around, bucking, playing, jacking around on the other end of the arena. And I'm all fired up. And I noticed just as I sat there, right, and time started to settle, I just started to work through some things emotionally, right? And I started to, I guess you could say, stabilize, where I, I felt more at peace. I was a lot more yeah. calm. And slowly but surely. started yeah. to come down. All probably quit breathing in your neck. <laughs> yeah, that horse started to show a little interest, right? Show a little interest. And, and that's when the awareness light bulb clicked for me, is that, holy smokes, if I stabilize myself, then this horse is going to show a vested interest in me. And trust me as a leader... And yes. what seemed yes. to be a relatively minuscule victory had profound consequences on my desire and drive to figure out how we as human beings can try to start to fix ourselves and watch our horsemanship improve in the same right. Yeah. And that's been my whole thing is horses have helped me become who I am. Yes, exactly. Because I had a ton of trauma. I was raised to be a criminal and hot-headed. There's mm -hmm. no way around it. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to be that. And yeah. thankfully, the horses came in. And now back to what you were saying, the reason the horse loves emotional control and a person who has it, they're, they're drawn to it, is because that person is consistent. A person who's emotional is not consistent. They're unpredictable. You don't know who's going to show up. Is good person going to show up today? Is upset person? Is passive aggressive person going to show up today? Horses, I talked to you about this in my first one. The reason I was drawn to them, and I learned this later, was how consistent they are. Mm -hmm. If I do my part and I have my stuff together and I am open and in the moment, I can get the most out of any horse on any day. I don't care what horse it is. But if I'm not, they tell me I'm not. And then I got to change that because I care about it. And I've got to a point where I understand what they're trying to tell me. And horses love consistency because they are extremely consistent. Exactly. They like knowing the same person's going to show up every day. And um, we, we've got to work from there. And even thinking about what you said earlier, you went out there to work that horse and you're thinking, I got to get this done. Yeah. I got to do that. So many people do that especially people that are making a living. Mm -hmm. Now, if we look at that from a leadership perspective, uh, your boss tells you you have to get this done, or if he sets it up to where you want to get it done and take ownership of it, you're going to do it a lot yeah, better. Where's your he's not going to have to watch you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're absolutely correct. So, it's the same thing. <laughs> and, I know, and I know we kind of mentioned it uh, earlier. You talked about your routine, but, but for you, I guess what were some of the early skills – 
that you try to develop or the early things that you did to try to try to raise your raise your awareness because i i think if you're not emotionally aware then you have no ability to control right so we got to focus on developing awareness so what for you okay. helped with That's emotional a dang stability good question um gosh i i the biggest thing was horses i would say but because when I was a youth, because I got beat on and had a bunch of stuff happen, and I was raised in a situation where I was fight or flight all the time, um, you can read lots of science about it. Kids that come out of that family oftentimes are that way for their entire life. Mm -hmm. And I, I was fortunate enough to read about some of that stuff when I was 18 and 19 because I knew I had some issues. I wasn't lying to myself about the issues, but mm -hmm. I didn't know all of them that I had. And I would – like I say, go from zero to a hundred real quick. Cause I, I looked at everything as life and death. Yeah. And I it's tried doing that. Fear. It is, it is. And I learned that I had a big issue with fear and not just fear with other things. I had fear with money because I came from poverty. I, I was like, man, I never want to be without food. Um, so I, I started addressing those things. And, and the reason was I, I ran into a couple of horses that wouldn't put up with my crap. And I, I, I didn't quit them. I didn't yeah. get, get rid of them. Yeah. And I had a breakthrough moment. Like, like you're talking about there, there was this time I was in the round crowd with a horse that had gone to a couple of trainers, gotten rid of a bunch of people. I really had no damn business with him, but he was free. Mm -hmm. And I read in, uh, Ray Hunt and Tom Dorrance's books, Ride as many horses as you can and ride the tough ones. Yes. Um, which I now have my own interpretation of why. But I, I was like, okay, I have to hang in here because this horse, yes, he has trauma. But through this, he's going to teach me a lot. And I didn't have any roots in that. I simply read it, but I chose to believe it. Um, and that's when I quit being so physical with horses and I, I started to learn those things. And the day, the first day I quit being physical, the horses started to show me what was up with me. And the reason they couldn't before was I was pushing them to where I was when, a, when I was a child, fight or flight. Interesting. I, I was yeah. just walking in there and doing too much. Yeah. And when you do too much with a horse, they will not express their true selves. Yeah. They will go into a place in their mind where they're either shut down. If they're a real gentle horse, they'll just shut down and they'll put up with it. Or they'll go to fight or flight. And it was at that time in the round crowd, there were some tears shed, hands on my head. Why am I doing this? I got no business doing this. What do I know? Doubt myself. And then it, it came right to me. I had a moment of vulnerability, of weakness. I was sad. And that weakness turned into my biggest strength yeah. at that moment. Yeah. And, and that's really where it started to change because I really accepted that I had a lot of stuff that I thought I had together that I didn't have together. And I think and with, then, sorry to interject, you talked about the emotional response, right? And and we cracked the joke about the huggy feely stuff at the, at the beginning of the show. But with this emotional awareness, when you yourself are challenging your old beliefs or what you've historically been rooted in, there's going to be ugly times, right? And you have oh, to, yeah. you have to. <laughs> have the persistence, you have to have the fight, you have to have the faith to understand that if you're going to grow and you're going to change and you're going to seek the reward that you're after, the persistence and the faith and the pain is just, it's a necessary evil of it. It absolutely is. It's part is. of the path. And, and you're, not, not, you're not immune to it. We've all done it. 
you have to go through it. That's how I look yeah. at it. I don't anymore. I looked at it as a pain in the beginning and a lot of people will have to look at it as that, but it just is, it's part of the process. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's not good. It's not bad. It's, it's not yeah. pain. It's not pleasure. It just is. It's a rung on the but ladder. We, yeah. We as humans want to put a name on it and make it this and make it that. Well, just put your head down and, and do what you believe <laughs> in and think is right. Absolutely. And, and, and hack your way through there and try and make some stinking headway. Heck yeah. And I promise you it, it's worth it. And there, I know there's people that had it way, 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 way worse than I have all over the place. But if I could make it out of that deal to being happy and uh, having good friend groups and all these things now when mm-hmm. I didn't know how to communicate with people and I I would rage before and get upset when I was younger and things like that. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but gosh, if I can do that, I think anybody can do that because yeah. I'm not the smartest yeah. person. Yeah. But I just have a drive to be a little bit better. And that emotional control, I mean – It'll help you even if you're not running your own business or working horses. If, if you have an employer that is less than ideal, right? They come and say something rude to you. What's the first thing that happens for most people? Their old ticker starts going. Their heart yeah, goes up. They personal. start breathing in their chest. Yeah. And then you get emotional and then you say something that you shouldn't have said because you're not thinking rationally when you're emotional. And then mistakes are made. And sometimes you make it out and sometimes you don't. Or – you get on a colt in front of a bunch of people. Uh, for instance, I'm doing the Colt Starting USA competition in Denver, February 28th, 29th, and the 1st. There should be quite a few people there. It's in Denver. And am I worried about it? No, because I'm going to do my homework. Yeah. And the, the, the day that I go there, Tristan's still going to be up at 430. Yep. He's still going to go for a run. Yep. He's still going to find some stinking cold water, even if i got to throw a rock <laughs> through the ice. And uh, I'm going to have my head Denver right. In February, so you should I be able to find myself. some cold water. <laughs> I know. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. Yes. And you see, yes. that could be a stressful situation. And for some people, it, it may be, but I know I have a process that I developed before I got there. And as long as I do that, when I'm there, I'll be able to truly express myself and be in the moment. And when I go to swing my leg over that colt that's never been ridden before and only has an hour or two hours worth of work on him, I'm not going to be scared. Yeah. My heart isn't going to be beating. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, oh, you can't do that. That's not true. Well, show up and watch. Yeah. But I, I know I can't get nervous. I can't have my heart beat fast because I can't – you can't fake that with the horse. You can't fake composure with the horse. And I think that's what I had when I was in my youth was, yes, I was very angry, but I could fake it because I had to just survive a lot. And the horse came by and told me, he's like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I see this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you're really not as confident as you think you are. Yeah. So really, I, I think that's such a big deal. And I like the cult analogy because a lot of people that have ever started a cult can think of that. The first ride, everybody's thinking about, oh, what's going to happen? What's this? What's that? When I have first rides on colts and I have people come with me that are nervous, we, the first thing I do is we talk about the breath. I talk, I tell them, you're going to be nervous when you go to do it. You haven't done that this much. You're putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation with the worst, the worst outcome being you die. You, you, you fall off, you hit your head, you get stepped mm-hmm. on, something. Not that that's going to happen, but you just got to accept it before you get there because otherwise it's going to be in your subconscious. Yeah. So I try and address these things with people and 
spread awareness so they can handle it when the feelings come find them versus never thinking about it at all, just expecting you're going to get up there and do it just like everybody else. And then those things come find you at the worst possible time. Yeah. And it doesn't go very well. It's kind of like the know? old adage, right? Prepare for the worst, expect the best. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in, in and correct me if any of this is wrong. I think with, with anybody trying to establish maybe a greater level of emotional awareness, I think first and foremost, like you talked about, you as a human being, you have to establish some kind of baseline routine in your life because that's going to lay the groundwork of what stable and confidence feels like and what maybe coming unraveled feels like. Oh, you just gave me the best idea. <laughs> and then once we start to to feel those emotions, right, we can start to foster a little bit of control in our lives. Um, and then we can get into other segues of, of how you can stay on track. Yes, sir. And what you just made me think of that I'm so thankful for you for is th- this is how we can set that up. Say you're listening to this and you feel like you have no emotional control and you don't know where to get started. This is where you start. Do a little bit of breathing. Try and become conscious of your breath. Breathe through your belly, into your chest, in your head. Most people all over the world, if you watch, are just breathing in their chest and their neck. Not very good for us. But the part that's going to test your emotional control is, you know, take you a couple breaths. Take 10 breaths and then exhale all the way and hold your breath and hang in there. And if you hang in there long enough, you know, 30, 45 seconds, some people it'll be 20 seconds. You will feel a sense of fear that you've never had before. Because everything in your body is telling you, I'm supposed to breathe. I, to breathe. I always breathe. I need oxygen. I've got to breathe. I'm going to die. This isn't good. This is – and really, you're okay. Yeah. But you, that's how you can start to face that. Yeah. You can start to face it little by little and feel that feeling in your chest. Feel all your muscles get tight. Feel your heart start to go fast and start to become aware of the signals of when you are becoming emotional yeah. versus – just thinking of being emotional as this big process. For me, by definition, for me, being emotional is when your heart rate goes up, your respiration rate goes up and becomes more shallow, and your rational thinking decreases. You get into those same thing happens responses. with horses. Yeah. yeah, same things happen with horses and they get scared, and that's who I learned it from. I learned it from horses about myself. Isn't it crazy? It is, and that's why I'm so thankful for them, and that's exactly why I'm here is I think so many people are doing all the right things, but how they're able to do it, they're not able to do it correctly because they're carrying all this emotional energy. Mm-hmm. And they just with that energy, before they even try and do anything physically, they've already done too much. Yeah, your back's against so the wall not, at that point. Yeah, they're not getting to see the beautiful part of a horse, the part that they're curious as heck that they're inquisitive, that they're one of the most loyal creatures if, if they believe in you and know that you care about what's important to them. Yeah. And that is the feeling that I've been pursuing for a long time. And I thought about this and what I was going to say, um, because I was worried about it, it was going to sound arrogant. And I've been <laughs> accused of that a lot. Um, well, there's a the caveat. I'm, so now you're safe. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm going to say it anyways. And uh, you guys can love me or hate me. That's okay. But um, I haven't had a bad day with horses in a long time, any horse. 
And it's not because I'm special. It's I'm not at all. But it's because I know what they care about. And I can't have a bad day with them. Even if, like I, like I was telling you, I gave you an example. I had a lot of trying stuff in my life going on here recently, and I was very mm-hmm. emotional. Mm-hmm. But I'd ridden the best I'd ever ridden because I was able to let all of that go. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing. If any discipline, if you can just work on that, you will get to that part of the horse that is the coolest feeling. And that's where you and the horse are actually going together. But to do that, you have to be working together. So you got to start on the other end of noticing what's important to that horse. Yeah. And it is the cool. That's what I pursue every day. If, if I can do that every day, I'm happy. And it's incredible to think how, like how cyclic the response is, right? Here you are with a whole bunch of life stressors going into the arena. You know you have to emotionally clear your head, right? Or else you're not going to have a good day on the horse. So you're giving that horse what it needs to be successful in the arena. Well, over the course of riding that horse, right? Maybe you do get to work through some stuff emotionally, and in return, that horse has given you some stability or allowed you to work through a process that you might not have been able to work work through before. Exactly, and that's the thing. If if you give the horse what they need, they will pay you back tenfold. They will go to all of it. They'll go to war for you, be it's there true. for you in any situation. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. So I want to touch on real quickly, um, what are some things that you see or you feel in a horse – that might be indicative of the human being losing emotional control. Okay. The the first thing will be um, if you've ridden a horse and his heart gets going too fast, you can feel it in your body yeah. in his legs. You can literally feel his heart gone. If you're at that point, you've surpassed the emotional threshold a long time ago. <laughs> and this is going to sound really tough and people are going to say, well, that, I don't see how that can be true. But for instance, Say you have a horse that you've been riding for a year and you still can't get him to stop. I would say the issue isn't the stop. A stop is so easy to teach a horse. I, I would say it's how you're going about it. And the reason you, you're probably going about it in an emotional sense and the horse isn't stopping is because you're like, dang, horse won't stop. Like, got to make him stop. Yeah. You know, like you have to stop versus setting it up. And if you find yourself in that situation – or you find yourself having your horse's head bent around and his head weighs about 25 pounds and you're poking your spurs in his belly and he's sweating and no- nothing's happening, I'm saying you're towards the emotional front. If you go to get on your horse and he doesn't work his mouth and stick his tongue out and things like that before you get on him, I would say he's trying to tell you that you're on the emotional front because he he's not letting down. Mm-hmm. When 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 you're neutral, you're energy neutral and clear, the horse will work his mouth and shake his head and he'll do a bunch of blinking and they'll yawn and things like that. And if you can't even get that going before you get on, once you get on, I doubt you're going to be able to get it to happen. Yeah. Because the licking, the chewing, the blinking, the yawning, the shaking, the lowering the head, the slight tilts left and right, those are all signs that the horse is at peace and is developing understanding. Um, so I would say, look for those. If your horse's mouth is clamped and his muscles are all tight and whenever you touch him, he twitches, the horse is trying to tell you there's energy in that situation that you're not aware of. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, That's a good perspective right there. And it's crazy. 
and I, I wish we had a video right here and we had someone that was real emotional and we had me and we had a really, really touchy horse Yeah. because I could not, I could walk in and not do a single thing different. And that horse would immediately start to let down and you could see it and I could explain the details of mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it, it's so finite that we often overlook it, you know, and that ties into so many things. Our ego, we all, we as humans think we're like the masters and yeah. uh, very smart and things like that. And I, I get so much more peace and so much more love in my life when I'm able to step away from that. And I, I'm able to be honest with myself and accept things instead of making excuses and not improving. Yeah, it'd be interesting you know, to hear, uh, it'd be interesting to hear hear the listener's perspective on this, right? And I encourage you guys to to interact via social media. I'd like to hear how you go about, right? Maybe reading a horse or things that you do to stabilize your emotion when you're coming down. Because like Tristan said, there is a million ways to do it. And, you know, oftentimes one of the easiest ways, if you don't have a mentor or somebody in the pen with you, is, is just to film film your interactions with your horse, right? And go back and play back that video and try to see the emotional responses, because sometimes you miss it in the saddle. We all do, right? We all will continue to. It's just life. It's part of being a horseman, but it's incredible. And I think hopefully, right, this 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 show, this segment is intended to invoke thought, create challenges in individuals' life. And and I think it's it's impeccable when you start talking about truly developing emotional awareness in the human being and how you go about controlling it, not only for you, but for your horse as well. Yeah. And then think about you develop this with your person relationship with your wife, your coworkers probably get a lot better too. Cause that was the biggest thing again, for me, man, was the patience. Yeah, I noticed the patience yeah. in my personal life with the other people that I was around. And you talk about people cracking off and treating you in a way that you don't like to be treated or somebody says something that's offensive. You know, at first I would have those guttural human responses, but then yep. I start to think about, man, well, I wonder what's going on in that person's life that they think, whatever they just did was the appropriate response or reaction to, to address a situation, you know? Yes, sir. And then even better is if you have to deal with this emotional person on a consistent basis, take a little bit from old Jocko here. Oh, yeah. You can flank the enemy because you're, <laughs> you can you're detached. Yes. yes. You, you can navigate the situation mentally while this other person is just going off of emotion and feelings yeah, lost in the and I'm hustle. not saying be emotionalist. I'm not saying don't feel things. That's crucial. Aware. Yeah. And us as, us as men, dang sure need to work on oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, You can, you get so many more tactical advantages. And when you start to become emotional aware, like with fear, you can address it, you know, and instead of it just being an underlying thing, you can be like, Oh, I am afraid. Why am I afraid? You can rationalize it and work through it. Yeah, it makes it manageable. Yeah. And Heck then you yeah. can make a, a calculated decision versus just hoping for the best. And I, like I told you, I'm not that smart. So I've never been able to just hope for the best. I missed a bunch of school. There's a lot of things. But <laughs> I find if I, pre- if I prepare myself, I have the confidence to go in there and, and handle it. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. I just think that's so stinking important. And I well, hope it resonates with at least one person. Hopefully. Just one. No, I'll take just stuff. one. <laughs> I'll take just one. If that's I get more, that's of change great. right there, right? You know, if you want to change the world, you start with the ground that your feet stand on. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's huge. You start with yourself. 
Correct. Correct. As we wrap this episode, man, where can people follow you? Where can people learn more about you? I know you got a YouTube channel I'm a fan of personally. Yes, sir. So right now I'm on social media. Um, I have a Instagram, Tristan Brony. It's just a personal page. Um, I have a website that's going to be launched here by the end of this month, tristanbrony.com. It's going to talk about me, my philosophies, what I, what I look for in horses, how you can reach me and things like that. Um, my YouTube channel is Meyer Company Ranch Horses under YouTube. And the Instagram that I'm developing right now is at Meyer Company Ranch Horses on Instagram. And there is a new YouTube channel that I have started to upload videos on, and that will be Baroni's Ponies. And um, that's where a lot of the new videos are going to be coming up is there. So they can they can look out for me on that front. Good stuff, man. Well, like we mentioned earlier, we're huge fans of all the content and material that you're putting out. Grateful for your time and you setting a little time aside for us again on a return trip. And we look forward to everything you got going here in the future. Heck yeah. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. All right, man. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. Later. Have later. a good day. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast. Again, you can find us on social media under Let Freedom Reign podcast. If you want to support the growth of this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign podcast. Again, we thank you. And we'll see you on the next one.